Get your pens out. Get your paper out. Get your Bibles out. Have ears to hear this morning. We are going to get in the Word of God. I've got a message that I want to share with you that's so important during these times that we're living in. We're never to be moved outwardly. We are only to be moved inwardly. We are to only walk in the love of God. And, and in doing that, walking with the revelation that God loves us, that he's with us, that he'll never leave us, forsake us, he'll never fail us, he'll protect us, he'll provide for us, he'll see us through everything we face in life. What happens is we put all of our trust in him and now we are able to walk by the faith of God and walk in the strength of God. And in all of our walking, every moment of every day of our life, we are to be led by the Spirit of God. That I want to talk to you this morning about being led by the mighty Holy Spirit. We are to be led in every, even in the minor details of our life, by the mighty Holy Spirit, led by His Spirit. And we want to talk about how to be led by the Spirit of God. As you are coming through where you're at right now, making decisions on where to go, what to do, how am I going to live my life? Listen, we hear a lot of nonsense called the new normal. Listen, that is dripping with fear and control. But we are children of God. Our normal is revival, is awakening, is walking fearless. You know what? This earth is going to always be the valley of the shadow of death. But as we walk through it, we fear no evil because he's with us. Listen, pestilence is one of the things. That's what this virus is. This is it's pestilence. What's going on? There's earthquakes, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's pestilence. Church, this is because of where we are in history. We are at the end of the church age. The church age is coming to an end. Jesus will be coming back for his church very shortly. And then there will be a seven-year period on this earth. It's Daniel's 70th week. It's called the tribulation. The last three and a half years of it are called the great tribulation where there will be an antichrist, the, a world leader, and it's going to be a mess down here. These things that we're experiencing before the church is taken out, these are simply birth pangs. And we rejoice, see, we don't have an escape theology when we talk about a pre-trib rapture. We have an acceleration theology that because our king is coming for us, because of what, where we're living in, in, in time, it is important for us to reap all of our fruit in our season. For God wants souls. He wants to save people from all of this stuff. So I want to talk to you this morning about how to be led by the Spirit of God. So open up your Bibles for, to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but as it is written... So this is Paul, literally four years after he planted the church at Corinth, he is writing to them, and he is saying, but as it is written, and he's going to quote now Isaiah 64.4. He says, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 
Now, it's real interesting because this is talking about what God hath prepared for them that love him. This is talking about God's plan for your life. And it says, I can't see it, your ear can't hear it, and it's not entered into your heart. Now this Greek word heart is the Greek word cardia. It is, it is a feminine noun. It literally means the seat of desires, feelings, affections, passions. It's talking about your soulish realm, specifically your mind. So you could read it this way, but as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered the mind of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. It's so important that you realize that God's plan and purpose and path for your life, you don't have any natural ability to see it. We know this, that the unseen spirit realm is more real than the seen physical realm. You can't figure out the plan of God for your life just with human reasoning. It says it's not entered your mind even. Now we understand from New Testament teaching that man is a three-part being. Man is a spirit, just like his father, God. He possesses a soul, which is comprised of his mind, his will, and his emotions. And he lives in a physical body. Your physical body is what gives you the legal right to operate in this physical realm. Well, God is saying, your eye, your ear, your mind cannot see or figure out the incredible things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says this. Now see, if you stop in verse 9, you're just like, well, you know, you never know what God's going to do. And that's a big religious thought. But it's not Bible. It's not Bible teaching because verse 10 says this, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. He's revealed what unto us? To rightly divide the word, it's very clear. God hath revealed the things which he prepared for us that love him. He reveals them to us by his spirit for the spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, searches all things Yea, the deep things of God. See, how you and I know God, we know Him on the inside. God writes His Word on our hearts as we walk with Him. Isn't that exciting? So verse 11 says this, For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. In other words, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, knows everything about God. And He shows us all that God has provided for us. Isn't that amazing? So let's keep going with this. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of of the world. Well, what is the spirit of the world? The spirit of the world is the spirit of fear. We, we haven't received that spirit. That's spiritually dead. It has death. It steals, kills, and destroys. We've not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is of God. When you and I were born again, this is what happened when we invited Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. The Bible says that, that literally old things were passed away. The Holy Spirit came into me, came into you, 
And he took out the spirit man that was dead and separated from God and put a brand new spirit in us. And then the Holy Spirit took up eternal residency in us. We've received the spirit which is of God. Why did God put the Holy Spirit in you? Right here, that you might know the things that are freely given to us of God. See, the Holy Spirit, He will lead you into the things that God has given you. He's going to be the one that leads you into the reality that His will for your life, He's already provided all the finances you'll ever need to do everything that His plan and purpose is for you on the earth. And that plan and purpose, listen, He blesses us on a heavenly level. So, so get ready for increase. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into that. He'll lead and guide you out of sickness and disease into divine healing and then into divine health and divine life. Verse 13 says this, which things also we speak, not in words of which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The reason why we compare spiritual things with spiritual is you cannot know God through natural reasoning. And you see the term here where it says in the King James, which the Holy Ghost teaches. The word, the word spirit in Old English was ghost. So when you see Holy Ghost in Scripture, you can translate that Holy Spirit. So, so I just wanted to bring clarity to that. So how, why do we teach? We speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. See, the wisdom of God gives you the ability to perceive what's really going on in your life. The wisdom of God gives you the ability to see things as they really are, not as they seem. The wisdom of God flows out of the Word of God that you allow to be deposited in your heart. So once again, everything goes back to putting God's Word in your heart. It says in verse 14, as we continue on here, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Your eye can't comprehend these spiritual things. Your ear can't hear these spiritual things. Your mind can't comprehend them. We cannot, we don't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they're foolishness unto Him. Neither can He know them because they are spiritually discerned or you see and you know them spiritually. So I made the statement, your mind can't figure out these things. This is why we have to renovate our thinking and renew our mind with the Word of God so that we think in line with God's Word. So the way it works now, the, the Holy Spirit, as you put the Word of God first place in your life, as you submit your life to put God first in your life, His Word is first in your life, and now you're meditating in the Word of God day and night, you're not letting the word depart out of your mouth. You're putting it first place. You're inclining your ear to it, which is keeping it in the midst of your heart. So now what happens is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will bring revelation knowledge of the word of God in your heart. He brings revelation knowledge to your spirit man. And now your spirit man will translate that revelation knowledge of the word into a thought 
and he will speak. Your spirit will literally, is, is what will renovate. It will take the word of God and wash it over your mind. And the word of God will, will literally pull out and renovate your thinking. It'll change detrimental thought processes so that you think right. And as you grow up spiritually, now you're going to start seeing and knowing things. Let's go to John chapter 13 because let's, let's look back at the Holy Spirit's ministry in our life. John chapter, or John chapter 16, verse 13. Is we want to we read verse 13, verse 14, and verse 15. This is Jesus talking. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. That what he's, he was telling them, listen guys, once I go back to heaven... I am going to, I'm going to have the Father send you the mighty Holy Spirit. He's another comforter. He's going to be just like me, and he's going to abide with you forever. So this is what the Holy Spirit, in this passage of Scripture, talking about the Holy Spirit, he, one of his names, he is called the Spirit of Truth. What that means is he is the agent of divine revelation. You and I have no ability to see the word of God, to know it unless he reveals it to us. It says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he, talking about the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth, in other words, he will show you the way into all truth. Well, John 17, 17 tells us what truth is. God's word is truth. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you and I into, show us the way into the word of God, which is life. It says here, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Verse 14, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Well, what's he going to receive of Jesus's? He goes on in verse 15. All things that the Father hath are mine, Jesus says. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God, he is given to us to reveal. He reveals what God has said. He reveals to us what God has done, what he's provided for us. He reveals the truth of the Word of God. See, God is the originator of all things spoken. The Holy Spirit is the agent that reveals those things to us. So this is why we say being led by the Holy Spirit is not a formula that you learn. It's not a skill that you attain it's a sensitivity that you maintain. See, it's in doing and being in the will of God that we are in a place that pleases Him. And we need to realize, church, it's going to take faith to be in this place, to do and be in the will of God, which is in the place we're now positioned to please him. We're positioned to please him. What does that mean? We're positioned now where he can get everything over to us that he already provided for us in redemption. That pleases God. As you walk in the blessings of God, as you walk in the protection of God, as you walk in all the, just all the provision of God and the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, as you walk in all of these material blessings, temporal blessings, positional blessings, 
As you walk in all of it, it pleases God. He's provided it for you. So now, talking about positioning yourself, I want to go back to Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. We're going to look at Moses for a second because we learn something about this position that we're to be in, to be led by the Spirit of God. Go back to Exodus 33 in verse 12. Now, as you're turning to Exodus 33, 12, this story is where God is speaking to Moses on Mount, or speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai. So God is up there, he's speaking to him, and then now Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and sees that the people have made this golden calf and were worshiping it just like the people in Egypt worshipped. They were going backwards. Now, after this event, God tells Moses to take the people into the promised land. So now, at Mount Horeb, Moses, he pitches the tabernacle, the big tabernacle, outside the camp of all the Israelites, all the Jewish people, and he, then Moses enters into the tabernacle, and Joshua was with him. And God, he literally comes and stands at the door, or in the door of the tabernacle, in a cloud, and he speaks to Moses, the word of God says, face to face. The children of Israel, while this is happening now, they are all standing in the door of their tents watching this. And Moses is seeking to know how, or he, he basically is seeking to know God's will about his assignment. Moses wanted God to show him his will for his life. So now let's look at this. Let's pick this story up. So now here we are. It says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, you say unto me, Bring up this people, and you've not let me know who, will, who you will send with me. Yet you've said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. This word way in the Hebrew language is translated will. Moses is saying, listen, if I found grace in your sight, Lord, show me your will. Look at this. Look at the way he said this. Show me your will that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and, and consider that this nation is your people. Wow. So Moses is saying, show me your will that I may know you. Child of God, when you know the will of God, you'll get to know him. This is what is so sad in the body of Christ today. There's so many, so many children of God that don't know that their father is a healer and has provided healing. They don't know that their father is a provider and that he's already provided everything that they need in life. They don't know his will, so they don't know him. So now, this is real interesting, God answers his question. What is this question again? If I found grace in your sight, show me your will, that I may know you, that I might find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, or another way to say that, and God said to Moses, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. So, now let's look at this. 
Moses is saying two questions. Who will you send with me? Question number one. God's answer to him is, my presence shall go with you. Question two, show me your will. Look at what he answers. I will give you rest. God's will for your life and for my life is rest. We know in the New Testament, God defines rest. He uses the example in creation that he rested, he ceased from his works on the seventh day. But God did not rest because he was tired. He was rested because he was finished. God's will for your life right now is that you cease from your own works and now you simply work out what he's working in. Faith is a rest. How come we can rest? You're in the middle of a battle. You might not, it might not look outwardly like you, don't, like you have enough finances to make it. But the reality of it is you have enough finances to make it because your Father has already provided that for you. You just can't see it. You can't perceive it with your senses. This is why you need the Holy Spirit to open up the Word of God so that you can see it. But see, faith is a rest. When you are fully persuaded that what God said is true and He is the one bringing it to pass, you will rest. This is why we're talking about this this morning. Here's a big principle. It is in the presence of God, never forget this, that God will reveal His will and show you His way. It is only in His presence that you're going to know His will, that He's going to be able to show you His way. We must stay in His presence as we follow His will. Why? Because God, He shows us, He reveals His will, He shows us His way in pieces. So that's why we must live in His presence. And this is why there's so many problems in Christians' lives. We're living life as a child of God with way, way too many options. I can walk in love or I could choose not to. I could be in the Word and put it first place or I could not be in the Word. I could, I could live as the Word of God tells me to live or I could live however I want. We think we have these options, but all these options, all they do is produce death. They take us out of the presence of God. Oh, we, the relationship's still intact. I'm still a child of God, but I'm not in fellowship with Him. I'm not in His presence, so I can never be led by the Spirit of God in that state. Sin will always take you farther than you ever want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll cost you more than you ever, ever, ever want to pay. This is why, this is why God says to us in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 17, talking about his will, he says this, Ephesians 5, 17, wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. In other words, to miss understanding what God's will is for your life is unwise. When the will of the Lord is mentioned in the Word of God, it is literally, it's most often mentioned, almost every time it's mentioned in connection with doing something. So, it's hard to change a car's direction if you're not moving. Some people are so afraid to move 
they fill themselves with fear in every area of life and they're, they're waiting for God to tell them something, but you got to be moving in order. You have to be doing something. Well, what do you need to be doing? Dwelling in his presence, putting his word first place, meditating in it day and night so that you could continue in the word of God and walk and act on God's word, be a doer of his word. That's how you find his will. Now, you're already in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. If you go back to that prayer of supplication in Ephesians 1, verse 17, it talks about God's will. Paul prayed this for believers, and he would always pray. The prayer of supplication is one of nine different prayers that are taught in the New Testament. The prayer of supplication is a prayer that you could pray for yourself or other believers. You pray that prayer to help yourself or other believers to lay hold of the plan of God for your life or their life. Paul said he prayed this constantly for a certain group of believers. If you jump back in like verse 16 and, or verse 15, Right, right before verse 17, he says, When I heard of your faith and your love for all the saints. In other words, when I heard that you were walking in love with your brothers and sisters. And when I heard that you were walking in faith, by the faith of God, he said this, I cease not to pray for you. And then it picks up in verse 17, the part that I want you to see of this prayer the whole prayer is wonderful, but I want you to see the part about God's will for your life. He said, he, he said that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling. What is that? That is God's plan for your life. It goes on to say that you would know the incredible inheritance that you have as his child and that you may know the incredible power that is pointed towards you as you believe the word of God. This is huge. God wants you to know His will. His will for you is rest. It's to walk, it's to work out what He's working in. Not to work for something, but to work out something. Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 5 gives us another piece of this puzzle. Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 5, says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. That means don't rely on your own mind's conclusions. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He shall, not might, He shall direct your paths. God wants to direct your paths. But you got to trust Him. You got to dwell in His presence. You do that by putting Him first in your life. Child of God, we are the church. This is not a religion, this is a relationship with the living God. If you've invited Jesus, into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, if you've bowed to His Lordship, then your life, the Bible says, is tucked away with Christ in God. You are in Christ. You are His. Your spirit and your body are His. And now we're to glorify Him in that. And God is good. We've lost who we are in the church and we need to awaken to righteousness because our identity has been all messed up. There's people that are thinking they could have God and have their own life too. 
And my, my concern is there's so many in church today that don't really know him and have never known him. They've never really come to him and said, Jesus, I give you my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. They've never done that. They just, they want a feeling and they, and they think they're a Christian because they believe in God. Well, faith without corresponding actions, dead. God even says how he, how he knows you love him is not what you say. It's what you do. Have you ever had somebody in your life that would always tell you they love you? That would always say such wonderful things to you, but their life spoke a completely different message? That's sad. We're living in the last days of self-deception to the point Jesus even prophesied and said about this day, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this for you? Didn't I do that? Didn't I go to church once a month? Didn't I, whatever it is. And he turns to him and says, depart from me. He says, because I never knew you. Whoever's watching this tonight, make sure you know that you know that you're saved, that you know God. Joining a church does not make you a Christian anymore. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in your garage makes you a car. You can't join the church, you have to be born into it. And if you're born again, you're going to have a heart's desire to serve Him. If you're sitting here going, you know what, I'm a Christian, I never go to church, I never read my Bible, I do what I want to do, but you know what, I believe Jesus is, is God and, and everything. Well, great. But that's not, you're not born again. You must believe the word of God in your heart. And then you must act on what you believe in your heart and proclaim. See, you've got to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord of all. And then you, you act on that and say, okay, Lord, you're not only Lord of all, but now you're my Lord. I give you my life. Now, I don't know how, I don't know how to do anything, but I'm yours now. And then we get in the word of God and we put his word first and then we act on it. We obey him. How do we do that? In our own strength? No. We do everything in him. It's a rest. In Proverbs chapter 20, you're already in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 20 gives us another piece to this puzzle. In Proverbs 20, verse 27, it says this one verse. The spirit of man, or man's spirit, is the candle of the Lord. The Hebrew, the Hebrew word candle could be translated lamp of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God enlightens your spirit to guide you. Your spirit man is where the light of God's revelation come to you god's higher ways his higher thoughts they reside on the inside of you deep down in the well of your spirit god gives you his thoughts but these thoughts must be drawn out so understanding and wisdom can rise from your spirit and overcome the natural knowledge that are trying to influence your thoughts. What do I mean by that? Deep down in the well of my spirit are scriptures like, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. Psalm 103, that he's forgiven all of my iniquities and that he heals all of my diseases. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, spiritual death, poverty and lack, sickness and disease. That's part of the, that's all, that's the curse of the law. He bought me out of the curse of the law because he was made a curse for me. 
The Bible says in Isaiah 53, surely he's borne my sickness and carried my pain. It goes on to say, and with his stripes I'm healed. 1 Peter 2.24, deep in the wells of my spirit, by whose stripes I was healed. So now I find myself with illegal symptoms in my body. I don't deny that they're there, but I look to the word of God and I deny their right to be there. What I do is I meditate in the word day and night so that I can draw out the understanding and the wisdom of God. That the eye, like, like it says in Ephesians, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I was be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Right, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened so that I could know his will for my life, that I'm to be well and not sick. And what happens now is these truths from the word of God rise out of my spirit, man. They wash over my mind as I speak them over and over and over again. And now what happens is they overcome the natural influence of all these natural circumstances, and all of a sudden, what God said becomes bigger on the inside of me than what I see on the outside, and that's how I see the Word of God work and change. It changes, it drives out the sickness and disease from my physical body, and it restores me to health, healing, and wholeness. It drives out poverty and lack from my life, and it puts me into a place of abundance. So let's look at another piece as we're, as we're talking about these things. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 14. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, or for as many as are led by the Holy Spirit... They are the sons of God. And then down in verse 16, it tells us how this whole thing works. It says the Spirit Himself, the mighty Holy Spirit that's in, down on the inside of your spirit, man, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And all that that means... See, God never says to you and I, try to figure out my will. He says, I want you to know my will. Why are we teaching on this? Because we need to be led by the Spirit of God in everything we do. And church, we've become so carnal many times that we look at natural circumstances and let them dictate what we do. And we can't do that. Because everything that the Holy Spirit leads us into is life. So I, you know, I'd love to tell you that there's going to be a place on this earth that's completely safe in the natural. But the reality of it is, no, this is the valley of the shadow of death. But I got news for you. We abide in the kingdom of God in this world. And pestilence can't come near our dwelling place. A thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 may fall at our right hand. Man, that'll freak you out in the natural. But we know we, down on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit is bearing witness that I'm a child of God and it will not come near me because I'm in Christ. So I don't fear a virus. I don't fear cancer. I don't fear sickness and disease. I don't fear anything in this world because he's with me and his spirit is with me, leading me and guiding me. He is to lead us and guide us into all the truth. If we look at the life of Jesus, I want to show you just a little bit about his attitude because as he is, so are we in this world. As the Father called him, now he's calling you and I. And it says this in John chapter 6, in verse 38. Jesus speaking here. John 6, 38 says, For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is a huge thing in our lives, children of God. People, people 
want God to approve their plans. And that's not how it works. He doesn't line up with us because He's already life. Everything that's not Him is not life. So we can't have Him approve our plans. He's already approved His plan, which is much better than our plan. And Jesus, His attitude was, I am not here to do my will. That needs to be your attitude. That needs to be my attitude. That I am not on this earth to do anything that I want to do. People, they make wrong decisions all the time because they want things. They get married to the wrong person because they just want what they want. They go to a wrong place to live. They get planted in a wrong church because they think this is where I feel good or whatever it is. They allow the friends that I want. They do for their living or their career or their, even their ministry what I want instead of finding what God wants. And all roads that you want will lead to the enemy being able to steal, kill, and destroy and it causes your life to be in ruin. Jesus' goal, when He's our pattern, He is our example Jesus' goal was to do the will of Him that sent Him to the earth. See, we are not in the earth to do our will. We cannot pick and choose. Parents, it sounds really good in the natural to look at your little kids and go, you can do anything you want. But that is not what you want to teach them. You want to teach them that life on the God level is them finding out what God's plan is for their life and then in the presence of God walking that out so that they could live a life of their dreams. In John chapter 4, in verse 34, and we're kind of coming down the road here to where I'm closing, so hang with me just a couple more minutes. John chapter 4, in verse 34, it says this, Jesus talking again, Jesus said unto them, my meat, this word meat in the Greek means my food, my nourishment, my strength is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That literally needs to be our message. My food, my nourishment, my strength is to do the will of Him, Jesus, who sent me, and to finish His work. Church, we're to finish it. We're at the end of the age. We're going to finish the church age. Knowing the will of God begins not only when you're in the presence of God, but it begins at the act where you choose to submit to the revealed will of God. What the Word says about forgiveness, I choose to submit to it. So I forgive whether I feel like it or not. I choose to submit to the, what the Word says about walking in love. I choose to submit to the Word, the, or I should say, not the revealed will of God, just the, word, the written Word of God that's revealed to my heart. I choose to submit to it. That knowing the, God's will for your life, being led by the Spirit of God into that, will begin when you're in His presence, submitted to His Word, which is His will. If I cannot submit myself to God's known will for my life, then I won't have the ability to submit to the future revealed will of God for my life. So many believers have never, God's never been able to really reveal what He wants for their life because they won't even do the written word of God. They don't even go to church. They're not even planted in a church. They don't even honor God in their finances. They don't even honor God by walking in love with their brothers and sisters or forgiveness or whatever. They are living for themselves and they're wondering why all this nonsense keeps happening to me. It's not God. It's you. 
I had to come to that reality in my life. I couldn't point any fingers at Satan or at anybody for the mess that I created in my life. I had to point the finger at me. I chose it all and I didn't have to. I'm so glad I figured that out. And I submitted to his word and his will for my life. So now he's able to reveal his plan to me because I'm willing to walk in obedience to his written word. So many Christians going, I don't care, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. Wow. God never will approve something that's not his will. The beginning of finding God's will for your life is submitting to God's written word. This is where the leading of the Lord starts in a person's life. And, 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 and realize, like we said earlier, God's direction comes in times of fellowship. God's specific will for my life is revealed as I fellowship with Him. Anytime I break fellowship with Him, fear comes in my life. And this cuts me off from knowing and understanding God's will for my life. So always realize this, and I'm going to leave you with this. The first step in knowing God's will for your life is found and contained in something that you do. What do you do? You fellowship with Him. Fellowship means to be united together with Him. In other words, God, he literally looks for me to unite myself to him. See, he's already made the first move. He sent Jesus to die for me. Now he won't, he won't violate my will. So even as his child, I have to make that first move. James 4.8 says, as I draw near to God, he draws near to me. In the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 10.22, it tells me how to draw near to God. Draw near to Him with a heart of full assurance of faith. John chapter 15, verse 7 says it this way. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will and it'll be done for you. We must, and I'll finish with this statement, you and I must have this as a priority in our lives. Well, I hope we're going to have to go further into this, I believe, because there's so much that we need to know. And if you'll notice, I haven't been teaching you on a formula. I'm teaching you, it's all about your heart attitude. It's all about these adjustments. And this will lead you, you're created to be united with him in fellowship to live in his presence. What turns you on, what excites you, what will fulfill the longings and cravings and yearnings in your heart is walking with your God, being led by his spirit. He will lead you in the life, child of God. Hallelujah.